Hello and welcome to our podcast, The Standing Commentary. I'm Caden Cox here with my friend uh, Trevor Knight. And uh, we're going to talk to you about some uh, readings throughout the Bible that we've done and uh, just kind of uh, provide commentary on those and and just express our thoughts and uh, hopefully share a little bit with you here. Just a little bit about uh, myself. uh, Like I said, my name is Caden. And uh, I live in northeast Tennessee. Uh, I'm a pharmacist at a small independent pharmacy here uh, and uh, deacon at a local Baptist church and and Sunday school teacher for for about a year now. And just wanted to uh, uh, provide this podcast and and share a little bit of my thoughts with you all and and hopefully uh, uh, encourage you a little bit in your in your own studies. Uh, but with me here uh, is my co-host, uh, uh, Pastor Trevor Knight, and I'll let him introduce himself. Thank you, Caden. I appreciate that. Yep, my name is Trevor Knight, and I'm also from here in Northeast Tennessee, and was born and raised here. And I am a 31-year-old pastor. I've been pastoring for about six years, and uh, before that, I was able to receive a ministry degree and also a chemistry degree. So I spent a little while. Uh, working at Eastman Chemical Company, a local company in Kingsport, Tennessee. And uh, appreciate Caden, a good friend. And I'm glad to be his co-host as we start getting into the Bible, understanding more about uh, the gospel and just giving commentaries and thoughts on the word of God. Good. Glad to glad to have you with us here, Trevor. Uh, so uh, we wanted to start off with a uh, you know, they're all good books in the Bible, but we wanted to start off with one of the Gospels and and uh, yeah. wanted to start off with the book of John here uh, as our first book that we're looking into. So uh, for for this uh, week, we've read through uh, part of the first chapter of John, the first 34 verses in the first yeah. chapter of John. But before we get into those, Trevor, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, the book of John? I'd be glad to. Kate, I'm glad that you picked uh, and put your stamp of approval on starting with the book of John, because I think this is one of the best books uh, to start with in your Christian life. So that person that's listening, whether you have just been saved, well, hey, this is great for you to study. And even if you have been uh, saved and been a Christian for many, many years, this book, there's really not any other book that is so endearing and so personal about the life of Christ. So I'm glad that we're getting into that. You know, the book of John is one of the gospel narratives. We all know probably that there is four of them. This is the Bible, the New Testament starts with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then, of course, John. One of the great things I think that God intended to give us the four gospels is because, in a sense, each has its own little slant. Now, again, it's God's word, but he has his own slant and his own perspective to reach different groups. And Matthew was primarily geared towards the Jewish people, Matthew being a Jew himself, and presented Jesus as the king, as the king, as the Jews were waiting for their Messiah and king. And in the book of Mark, it's a great one. It's a little bit shorter. There's no genealogy found there because we see Jesus as the servant, a hardworking servant. And this was important to just give the basics uh, to a hardworking Roman culture of the time. And then we find Luke, that it, we see Jesus as the man. 
He's called the son of man many times. And so we see his humanity very much there talking about the humility. That's where we see the uh, virgin birth and especially there at the manger. So we see Jesus as the man as we reach, as God was reaching the philosophical human Greeks. And then finally, we come to this series that we're going to go through the book of John. And it's extra special because God really is reaching all people, it seems, with the book of John. People that are looking for Jesus as God. And I think that's what's special. And if you'll take a mental note of that, that the book of John clearly shows Jesus as God, talking about his divinity. And I don't want to get ahead of Caden here as he's going to give a summary in just a moment. But chapter 1, verse 1 does reveal Jesus as the Word and specifically says that the Word was God. So everyone that's listening, hey, let's remember and let's praise God together that Jesus is not just a man, but he also is God. And then my last thought about introducing this book, it's always great to kind of think about what is God's main purpose. In a sense, we've already said it, to reveal Jesus as God. But really, the Bible, the book of John, tells us why God wrote the book of John. Towards the end of the book, chapter 20, verse 31, God had this written. But these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. So the reason that God wrote John and put it in our Bible is so that we could hear about Jesus believe on Jesus, and then have eternal life by believing on his name. Hey, that's a great introduction, Trevor. I, I really appreciate you telling us about the about the book of John here. I had that same verse in mind in, in John chapter 20 as I was thinking about this book. Uh, yeah. It kind of states John's purpose uh, and, and God's purpose in uh, in providing these words to John. Uh, to write for us but it is definitely like you said a a, a unique book uh, that all of the gospels have have some things in common and all of them have uh, things uh, different about them and this one for sure uh, is different and we see that here with our with our yeah. reading that we did uh, this week we uh, we start off not with a birth story as you mentioned in, in mark there's not really a, a genealogy and then in mm -hmm. John here, there's not really a, a story of Jesus' birth. We start off, it says, in the beginning. And so we're starting off with a, a creation story. We're starting off okay. with a, a summary of the entire Bible, it, it seems. Uh, so in these, in these first uh, about five verses, we, we see this uh, summary of the entire Bible up to this point, And then uh, a introduction to to Christ and and his uh, uh, deity uh, in this yeah. book. Then the, as we move on uh, through this book, we're, we're introduced to uh, this character, John. Now, the character John that we're, we're introduced here in uh, verse 6 is not the John that wrote the book of John. This That's is true. John the Baptist. And uh, we, we know John the Baptist from some of the other gospels he's mentioned in in all of them, uh, but uh, he he starts out very prominent in this book. He he leads this first chapter. It seems like uh, we hear a lot about John and and what he's teaching before uh, the arrival of of Christ on the scene. Here, uh, of course, John the Baptist was was born uh, before Christ, 
but he he says himself that he puts himself after Christ. And we see later on in, in this reading that he says Christ was before him, as we've seen in this first uh in the first verse there where the word was in the beginning, right? And right. so we're introduced to this character, John, and, and he's really a, a interesting character. He has uh, very unique qualities about him. He, he dresses weird. He, uh, he's <laughs> not shaven. He, he kind of uh, does his own thing. And uh, his purpose uh, in this world was to announce the coming of Christ. Uh, sure. He he came before Christ to uh, be basically his herald and and to tell of his coming, and so we see that here in uh, in this first chapter, uh, we see uh, information about Christ in the first section here, and then as we as we progress, we see John's witness about Christ, and and we see uh, him baptizing people. Of course, is is why he is called John the Baptist. Uh, and as he's baptizing people, he's he's also uh, witnessing. They're asking him who he is, what right he has to baptize. Mm. And uh, they're assuming that he could be the Messiah that was prophesied in the Old Testament. But he humbly uh, denies this and says that he's not even worthy to uh, unlatch the shoe latchet of <laughs> Jesus' feet. And so uh, this John... John the Baptist character, he is uh, merely a uh, uh, a mouthpiece for for God's announcing of Christ's birth, and we see that uh, throughout this this chapter. Finally, as we as we come to a close of what we read, uh, coming to verse thirty four, we see uh, Christ come on the scene, and he comes and uh, uh, John the Baptist uh, baptizes. Christ in this section, and uh, we see a a what I would call a a spiritual birth of Christ. Uh, not that Christ had to have a spiritual birth; he was God, of course, so he was uh, a spiritual being already. But uh, we see this spirit coming down from heaven like a dove and landing on Christ, uh, kind of initiating his ministry on earth. Yeah and proclaiming him as the Christ. And so that's how we finish out this section that we, that we read today. Uh, but let's go back and, uh, and break it down a little more and look more in depth a little bit into these, uh, these verses that we read. Sure. So in this, in this first section uh, here, uh, the first couple verses, is, as you already mentioned, Trevor, uh, Jesus is, is called the Word here and uh in the first verse it says the word was with god and the word was god that's yeah. a little confusing care to explain that to us sure sure i love verse one you're right this is man a profound verse i think every christian needs to know even strive to memorize in the beginning was the word the word was with god yet it goes on to say the word was god so Caden, what i think god is trying to show us here is that there is a plurality to God. 
what we call as Christians the Trinity. And really it goes back to the very beginning, Genesis chapter 1, when God is making mankind, he says, let us make man in our image. So God speaks with this plurality. And if you study the word of God, then we can understand that there is the Father, there is the Son, and there is the Holy Spirit. And what's interesting is you kind of already commented on all three of them with God. So that's got to be the Father. Jesus is the Word. That's the Son of God here. And then, as you've already mentioned, the baptism of the Lord Jesus, then the Holy Spirit with a capital S came down. So we see all members of the Godhead here. One God, as First John, the same author, wrote that epistle in chapter 5 and verse 7, he comments and says, hey, there's three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. So Hey, we don't want anyone to hear us wrong. We only believe in one God. We're monotheistic. Yet, he portrays himself in three persons, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. Great. I, th I think that's a great summary of that, that, that uh, trinity of God, the Holy Trinity, uh, is definitely uh, brought to light here. I think mm -hmm. uh, uh, Martin Luther, uh, I remember reading some of his works in college, and uh, he he describes the Trinity in great detail and and goes into it with this uh, this first verse of uh, the book of John, and so thank you for summarizing that for us here. Sure, uh, we see throughout these uh, first several verses, uh, Christ is called many things. He he's called the Word, and then here in the next uh, couple, he's he's called the Light, right? And so we we see him. Uh, introduced as the light uh in in verse five it says the light shineth in darkness and uh then we see it later on as john uh john the baptist is describing the light he's uh bearing witness to the light i mm -hmm. think that's an important uh analogy there we see many times uh christ uh described as the light of the world right and so yeah, uh, he is he is providing light to a dark world, providing light and and what light does, it allows us to see, right? So the the hymn uh, "Amazing Grace," uh, it, it says, "I once was blind, but now I see." Right? Uh, Christ mm -hmm. is that light. He mm -hmm. opens our eyes and and allows us to see through the darkness of this world. Many times yeah. throughout Scripture, the world is is described as a darkness or a dark place. And uh, and Jesus comes in and and lights it up. Yeah, Kate, and I agree with your points. And I think, as you've already pointed out, that he is the word and he is the light. And all through this passage, God is showing us some great names or at least titles for the Lord Jesus and just helps us to know him more, which is, again, the whole point of the book. I love how it says he's the word. So he's kind of, you could say, the Bible in human form. He goes around always speaking the truth. When he's the light, as you've already said, he shines in us and he reveals things to us and he gives us what we need. The Bible also tells us here in uh, verse number 14 that he is the only begotten of the Father. So this is a special place. Uh, we can all become sons and daughters of God now by faith. But hey, Jesus will always have a special place as the only begotten of the Father. We keep moving through the chapters we're going to talk more about in a few moments, but there's so much else that's said about him and who he is. Um, one of my favorite titles is comes from verse number 29, where Jesus is shown the, as the Lamb of God. 
And somebody might say the lamb of God. So comparing Christ to an animal, why is that? Well, the lamb was so important to sacrificing. And the Old Testament sacrifice points to what Jesus had to do on the cross for us to pay for our sins. Actually, that same verse says it when John shouted out, the lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. That was his purpose for coming. And then the last reference, I guess, in our passage that we're studying today is verse 34, where Jesus is called the Son of God. So once again, Jesus is God, and as the Son, he willingly came into the world, as verse 12 says, the Word made flesh, or I should say verse 14, the Word made flesh. Yeah, that's great, all those names of of Christ there. It really is, yeah. Uh, That that son of God, you know, it, that one makes me think of, of those verses that, uh, once we're, uh, once we become Christians, we're adopted into this family of, of God. And we, we are called sons of God and heirs, uh, to Christ. Right. That's right. And so, uh, we, we have that blessing as well. Yeah, I agree. And if, if I may, going back to verse number 12, that I, mentioned a second ago, uh, it says this, but as many as received him, to them gave you power to become the sons of God, just like you said, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So Jesus is God. He take, He put on flesh to become like us, and he comes to us and he says, you know what? I can make you a son of God also. I can make you a daughter of God also if you do two things. Verse 12 says, we got to believe in Jesus and we have to receive Jesus as my as our own personal Savior. I think that's very important, don't you? I think so, and that that is the verse that I was thinking of. I I couldn't find it in time to say it, but uh, yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> it is a a good verse there, uh, a great verse to, uh, as you said, uh, with that first verse of John. This is a good verse to uh, to memorize, uh, yes, because it's it's basically the the gospel, the the. Uh, uh, directions for salvation right here. yeah we we have to believe and receive christ uh and that that will allow us to become these these sons of god and uh to be adopted into that family amen let's go look, go back here a few verses uh and uh look at this character john we're introduced to him right john the baptist and uh he he gets kind of a uh Good introduction, I think. It's very uh, poetic, I believe. It it talks about him being a, a witness, right? So that's the first thing that's mentioned about John the Baptist. It says, uh, of course, there was a man who was sent from God. God sent this man, John the Baptist. Uh, he had a purpose uh, yeah. in this life. The same came for a witness, to bear witness of the light. And so uh, he he knew his purpose. His purpose was to uh, not be the light, as it says in verse 8. He, it mm-hmm. says he was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. So, so John was sent to uh, raise up Christ. Uh, and as he says in, in verse uh, 30 of chapter 3, later on in the book of John, uh, he says, I must decrease so that Christ may increase. He yeah. is meant to humble himself to promote Christ. And I think that's a great calling, right? Uh, you know, Trevor, you're a pastor, and 
and you're meant to spread the word of Christ. You're not meant to uh, increase yourself or brag about yourself. Uh, yeah. You're meant to brag on, on God. And I think that's a lot of, of what John uh, the Baptist was, was meant to do here. What's your take on that? What do you think about him? Yeah, very true. I agree completely. You know, you know, thinking about John the Baptist even out loud now, I've never really felt so connected to him maybe as I have to other uh, Bible characters. But you're right. John the Baptist is so important. God used him to prepare the way for the Lord, for God himself to enter into the world. And the fact that John does it so humbly, like you said, he says, I'm going to decrease so that Jesus can increase. And you're right. As a pastor, as a deacon, as a Christian in general, we all have to be willing to say, you know, I'm going to set my own dreams and aspirations aside. And it's not about me. It's about Jesus. And if I can show Jesus to others, then I'm fulfilling my calling, no matter what my job or role might be in this world. Yeah, that's that's a, a great, great uh, point there that, you know, we're all meant to to spread the word of Christ. Yeah. Uh, not just those that are called to be preachers or, sure. or uh, in leadership in the church. We're all meant to, to share that gift that we've been given. After uh, we're introduced to John here, we're, we're getting back to uh, talking about Christ again, right? So we, we go back into uh, this theme of uh, Christ being rejected by the world. It talks about him being the light uh, to light, it, light up the world. But then it says uh, he was in the world. And the world was made by him, but the world knew him not. Uh, mm. So we, we see this throughout uh, Christ's life, uh, especially, you know, towards the end of his life. He's, he's rejected by the world. He's rejected by his own people. Uh, he's rejected by the Jews who he came uh, to, to save, right? He came to save all of us, of course, but uh, especially to, to the Jews. Uh, uh, he, he came for the Jew and then the Gentile, right? Sure, so, sure. Uh, he, he came for all of us, but the the world has rejected him. Do you have anything to say on, on those verses? Yeah, Caden, uh, verse number nine, like you mentioned, that was the true light, which lighteth every man that comes in the world. I think that's a, a very interesting statement. It's really stood out to me for years. You know, I take the Bible literally every word matters. So when it says every man, I, I believe that. I think Jesus really does, in a sense, light up every single human being. Uh, maybe a little bit controversial of a statement, but I still believe it, that uh, I don't know if there really is a true atheist out there, not in the true sense of the word. I think everybody in their conscience that God has given them, there's a little bit of light that shows that there's something bigger out there. May not know him personally, may not have want a relationship with him, but I think Jesus truly does light everybody just through our existence and through the conscience that we have. And the, again, the whole goal of that is for Jesus to then light you up to the point that you'll come to the light and trust him uh, as your own personal savior. That, that's a great point there. You know, uh, Christ, as I said, came for, for every man, right? To provide yeah. every man salvation. And how is he going to do that if he doesn't reach every man? Right. Mm -hmm. So that's a, a great point to bring out there and, and leads directly into uh, what we had been talking about there about the salvation, right? So uh, how right. can we receive Christ? How can you believe on him if you've never heard? Right. Uh, right. So he, uh, he is able to reach the entire world uh, and give everyone the chance uh, to, to accept this, 
this gift of salvation. There's a lot to to unpack in those first uh, 13 verses or so of uh, the first chapter of John. So I'm glad we took the time to to dig deeper into those and and look at uh, what was meant by by each section there. Uh, yeah. Moving on here, though, we we start to get into the the life of Christ and the life of uh, John the Baptist introducing Christ here. And so uh, we have John's witness in these next few verses. Uh, uh, he he says in in verse fifteen he talks about uh, this is he of whom I spake, he that cometh after me is preferred before me. But then here's what, what I like about it. For he was before me, right? So if we go back yeah. to that very first verse, it, it talks about in the beginning was the word, right? And we've already established that the word was Christ. Now we see that John the Baptist is establishing that for the people that he's uh, preaching to here. He's saying uh, the man yeah. of Jesus uh, was born after me. But in reality, he existed before me. He existed uh, before the world. And I think that's a, a great point that, that John brings out here uh, to announce the, the Godhead of, of uh, Christ, right, and, and his mm-hmm. uh, divinity. As, as we look at, at John's witness here, we, we see that he, he talks about uh, the, the prophecies that, uh, that uh, Christ is fulfilling, uh, talking about uh, the the laws that he's fulfilling, the law uh, given by Moses, and uh, and all of these reasons for for Christ to come in these next few verses. What do you uh, what comments do you have on on John's teaching here? Yeah, I like what you pointed out. You know, John is is a bold speaker. He's standing out and saying, "Hey, guys, I am not the guy you're looking for. I'm fulfilling my role to prepare the way." And I like that uh, the Lord led in this to show us that, hey, what's going on here is not Elijah or some, you know, Old Testament prophet. Uh, The emphasis is certainly not on Moses. It's not on John himself, but that keeps pointing it to Jesus. As you're about to, you know, summarize in just a moment, it keeps pointing that Jesus is what it's all about. And goes back to what we said earlier that, hey, he's got to increase and we got to decrease. Right, yeah, perfect transition into the next section there. Uh, when they're when this crowd is is listening to to John the Baptist, these uh, these people come up and they start to question him. They they wonder who he is, right? So mm-hmm. uh, he denies that he's Christ, of course, because he's not. Uh, and then they say, "Well, who are you? What mm-hmm. are you doing preaching? What right. are you doing baptizing these people?" They they think he's maybe uh, the prophet Elijah. Or, uh, you know, Moses mentioned a, a prophet back in Deuteronomy. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they think he might be that prophet. Of course, that prophet that Moses was referring to was the Messiah that was coming. Yeah, uh, I believe it that. was a prophet with a capital P. And, of <laughs> course, John the Baptist, being humble and truthful, is denying all these claims. He says, I, I'm not any of these things. So then they, they finally say, well, who are you? Who, what gives you the right to, to talk about all this and to baptize these people? And I love his answer here. I love who he calls himself. Uh, of course, he's quoting scripture uh, from Isaiah when he uh, says this, but he calls himself, 
He says, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. And as I said, he's quoting Isaiah here, uh, as that's uh, in the book of Isaiah. Yeah. I think that's such a humble title for yourself to say, I'm nothing more than an announcer. I'm nothing more than somebody that's going to tell you about somebody else. Uh, I think that summarizes uh, John's witness on earth here uh, in a good way. I agree completely with what you said. And I think you hit the nail on the head earlier, Caden, when you said that John was really nothing more than a herald. He's just heralding out uh, about Jesus and preparing that way for Jesus as you've done a good job describing for us in those verses. Well, good. And as we mentioned, they were asking him about uh, his baptizing, right? So John was Mm -hmm. baptizing people in the Jordan River uh, when this was written. And so uh, uh, they're saying, well, if you're not one of these prophets and you're not the Messiah, what gives you the right to baptize? His answer here again is brilliant. He says, well, I'm baptizing with water. He says, "I, I baptize with water. But there stands one among you whom you know not, and he that comes after me is preferred before me, whose shoe latchet I'm unworthy to unloose. And he talks about uh, he's he's just the precursor, right? So he's baptizing wow. with water, and that's just going to lead uh, to the the true uh, baptism by blood, uh, figuratively, uh, in in Christ, right? And so he's again just pointing not at himself; he's pointing away from himself. Uh, towards towards Christ. But uh, at any point, uh, John, in this next section, it says uh, the next day he sees Jesus coming, right? So we're uh, finally seeing Jesus come on the scene. We've talked about him a lot. We've heard about him a lot. But now we're finally uh, meeting him face-to-face in our, our story here. And uh, here's your favorite part of it right here, Trevor. That's right. John looks at him and he says, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. And that's just a, a great uh, introduction, right? That, how could you be int- introducing Jesus Christ any other way? Uh, that is one of the best names for Christ, I believe. And it, it symbolizes yep. what he came to do and what, uh, what he does for us. But I think interesting as well about that name, John's calling him this as Jesus is starting his ministry. Hmm, yeah. And so we know these words came from God to John the Baptist, right? Because John had no idea that uh, Christ was going to be uh, literally sacrificed as a lamb uh, for our sins. Uh, he, he knew that uh, Christ came to, to save us and uh, to uh, become the uh King of the Jews is, is what many people thought, uh, but he he calls him the Lamb of God. Now, if I'm mm. going to introduce somebody great and powerful, I might call him like the lion or, or <laughs> the tiger or, you know, something that's going to uh, be ferocious and strong. Uh, but no, he's a, a meek lamb, uh, which is yeah. serving a specific purpose here. Right. And I think you've already, you know, talked about that name quite a bit, and, and we've both talked about it. Um, sure. But uh, so we'll we'll move on here a little bit uh, and talk about uh, the the remainder of this section here. We see uh, as as Christ comes to to John, 
John's talking about Christ and and telling the the crowd about him, uh, and he's talking about uh, how he's baptizing with water, but then uh, Christ is is so much better than him. Right. And at this point, we don't have detailed record in the book of John, but uh, John the Baptist does baptize Christ here, uh, right. and so. You know, if we're supposed to follow Christ and and use him as an example, Christ was baptized. We should be baptized as well once we uh, become Christians, right? And so uh, as as this baptism scene is happening is is when we see the, uh, as I called it, the the spiritual birth of of Christ. And I mean the birth of his his ministry here. uh, We see that uh, this spirit, the Holy Spirit, uh, comes down on him like a dove and and lands on him basically and stays with him uh, at this point. And we see yeah. that John the Baptist announces that this is a sign, right? If anybody was in doubt, right? You know, if the Holy Spirit comes down like a dove and we see it land on somebody, I'm going to take that as a sign anyway. <laughs> but John the Baptist makes that clear and says, this is the sign that upon whom... Thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same as he which baptizeth with the Holy Ghost. And that's in verse 33 that I was reading for. And so John, again, is saying, you know, hey, I'm baptizing with water, but Christ is coming and he's baptizing with the Holy Ghost. And he's so much better than I am. And look at this sign from heaven. This is what shows us uh, that this is indeed the Christ. Yeah. What else do you have to add? Uh, there, I think that's about got us uh, uh, summarized in what we read this week. Uh, but I'd like to hear your thoughts on the the remainder of it here. Yeah, you're right. I appreciate that. You know, here at the end, um, I think you're. It's got to be the climax of the chapter. You know, we don't really have any historical narrative up until verse 15. Um, it's all kind of introductory. It's wonderful, but it's been introductory. But in this passage, we actually see John uh, and Jesus kind of meeting and that the baptism takes place, as you said, you know, shows the importance of baptism, uh, not for salvation, but as a symbol of, of what God does on the inside, that Jesus can uh, baptize with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> but I, one thing that you said that really stuck out to me was kind of, as you said, the birth of his ministry, the start of his ministry, and the Holy Spirit came down upon him. You know, one thing that I've heard preachers say, and that I've said myself, Jesus came, and when he came into this world, he put on flesh, and he kind of set aside that heavenly glory and a lot of that, uh, as Philippians chapter 2 tells us. And he's very humble, and in a sense, Jesus lives in a way to show us that we can live like that as well, not in our own strength. But just as Jesus had to be anointed with the Holy Spirit, we too as Christians must be anointed with the Holy Spirit. If we're going to have any sort of Christian life, If we're going to have any sort of ministry, we have got to be anointed with the Spirit. That happens the moment that we trust Christ, as verse number 12 has already shown. But also, we have to be filled with the Spirit, and that's a continual thing. So that if we're really going to learn from God's Word, we're really going to live for Jesus, we need the Holy Spirit to direct our lives every single day. That's true, the truth. And, you know, without that Holy Spirit, right, it's it's just like... John the Baptist baptizing with water, right? It's not going to do us any good. And That's very so, true. Uh, we do need that that Holy Spirit to to come on us uh, in our in our Christian life here. Amen to that.
Well, I think that uh, pretty much sums us up here. Uh, I hope uh, everyone enjoyed this uh, discussion. We're not meant to uh, teach anything here, uh, just to, to talk about what we've read, discuss it, and kind of throw out some ideas and, and uh, uh, bounce things off one another. And so uh, I hope everyone's enjoyed listening in, and I hope you join us next time. I think for the next uh, week, we're going to look at uh, starting in verse 35 of chapter 1 and going through the end of chapter 2 in John. So if you want to go ahead and read along and and be prepared for the next yeah. discussion. Uh, also, uh, we have an email account. Uh, if you want to email us questions or comments or things that uh, pop out to you throughout the reading, you can send those to standingcommentary at gmail.com. That's standingcommentary at gmail.com. And we'd love to hear from you. So just send that to us, and uh, we hope to hear from you and see you again next time. Sounds great. See you next time. All right.